Welcome to the latest edition of First State Copites podcast. Um, this week, we're delighted to be joined by our old friends, uh, Daz from Baltimore and Ben from Des Moines. Um, I, I, thanks for putting the scarf up there because that means I don't have to remember everything in my introduction. Appreciate my it. My pleasure. I aim to please. <laughs> Good to have you both back. Uh, this week, uh, we're going to do a review. We're going to look back uh, at last week. Uh, the games are coming thick and fast, so we're going to talk about Everton, Ajax. Uh, they don't belong in the same sentence. Um, and yesterday's game against Sheffield United. And then we'll look ahead to this week when we play Micheland. Please, you know, add to the comments and correct us if I've got that pronunciation wrong. And next weekend, the, uh, the very dangerous-looking uh, West Ham United. Oh, wow. Again, an odd sentence. Um, if you're tuning in for the first time, please subscribe uh, on whatever platform, whether it's YouTube, whether it's on Anchor, or whether it's uh, uh, Pocket Podcasts uh, or Spotify, please subscribe. Um, we're going to get going. Um, we're going to look, we're going to go back to last week when um, Liverpool drew 2 2 against Everton hmm, in a very contentious game. And then we uh, we had a, a really strong uh, 1-0 win away at Ajax at uh, the Johan Cruyff Stadium, I think it's called. Um, no. It's not called <laughs> Cruyff. Cruyff. Don't, don't mispronounce it like every other Englishman, please. It's Cruyff. That's, that's a... <laughs> Cruyff. Cruyff. Oh, that's very helpful, Charlie. Only one way to settle this, knife fight. <laughs> so, so the thing that Charlie should be aware of is being the host of the, the podcast, I have the ability to kick people off. So just, you know, one warning. Right? So How many do to, I need? I'm going to go to Ben. Um, who... <laughs> so what, what, as you look back on last week, what, what are your thoughts? What's the one kind of takeaway for you from uh, those, those, those two difficult games? For me, I think the overarching thing that I have come to realize after the grief of the Van Dyke injury, getting over my grief, is that we're not going to be the only club or support to go through that in the course of a year. Um, I was just looking at some of the injury lists. Lester played today there. Um, center half, whose name I could never even come close, the Turkish gentleman. Soyuncu. Uh, there you go. He's out for three months. Vardy mm -hmm. could only play maybe 15, 20 minutes today. And that's just one club. Um, of course, Virgil's a really important player on our, in our team, but we're better equipped to handle that than many clubs are. And I think that we just happen to be the first one to get bit by that. Um, we're playing games every three days, every four days. Um, and I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, that after the European matches are done, I think the Premier League is going to go to midweek two, right? So yeah. the bottom half of the table is going to be in on it too. So I think what we're going through, at least I'm trying to convince myself, I think everybody's going to be going through. Um, and I think that we're going to see more Fabinho's playing center back in different clubs. And so far, so good. I mean, three points away in the Champions League. Um, had there not been the ridiculousness with VAR and the injury to Van Dyke, the injury to Tiago, I probably would have taken the draw at Goodison Park. Um, but then, of course, the last-minute goal that was robbed from us. I just think in the end, the way that I have soothed my wounds is to say, we're going through it first, but everybody's going to go through this too. 
yeah. Well, it's uh, it's more positivity than I've got about the Everton game. I have to tell you, <laughs> but uh, I I think you know there, there are definitely a couple of things um, that aren't quite so uh, desperate about Van Dyke being out as people would have you believe. Like I think BBC ran some stupid stats about how Liverpool had played without Van Dyke over the last three years, and it's like. Yeah, but that was before Allison was playing either. Uh, most of those games, um, so I I, 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 I tend to err on the side of we'll find a way to do this. Um, Daz, welcome. Yeah. What's your take on the last week? Um, I I think my major takeaway, and it probably fall into this week too, is it's good to see the gnarly Liverpool back again. Um, the fact that we can dig in. I think that towards the end of last year, when we, we, had, we, had, we had it buttoned up and we came back from Project Restart, our swagger had kind of swayed more towards hubris than, than, than actual swagger. And there was the, the, although I think that maybe the, 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 the score line and the result against City wasn't fair, there was that there was we we started we just started leaking a lot of goals you could see that there was it wasn't the type of snap that we'd had before we before uh before we we closed up shop because of covid and when we came back um it was it seemed like there was a little bit of it, it it's still like residual but it's to to see us dig in against an ajax team that's very good and to to do that at their shop uh, was was incredible. Uh, um, specifically on the back of a grueling game against Everton. Yeah, I think um, those are never fun to never fun to watch for me, especially at Goodison. At home, it's different, but I think that we did enough to win that game. Um, um, there's been reams and reams of of paper written to the effect of how just how poor that the result to take that that goal away from us, and having Pickford still on the pitch. So I'll leave that to the to the more intelligent people. But I think that our response to that hammering and then coming back from an international break was exactly what you need to see out of a champion uh, out of a champion team. And it does for me. It means that we can at least lean back on that. We that we it's almost like a muscle memory. We we recovered from that seven two drubbing in in that fashion. Um, and you could see that everyone was pulling in the same in the same direction. I think that having Van Dyke out does, and again, other people have said this. I think that it, it makes us a better, a, a better defensive unit, not by, per, by by virtue of personnel, but on sheer defensive prowess alone, or digging in a little bit higher. So I think I think I'm right in saying that the, our line dropped a little bit. We weren't playing as high. Um, we, we're a bit more cautious now. It's not the devil may care type stuff that you'd see with with, with Verge back there, and not having. Uh, having Adrian back there, not Allison, makes a huge difference as well. Because you can see, it's there's just not the same trust. Like I don't think Adrian's very much like a, a Labrador puppy. Like you never really know what he's going to do. You know that he's going to he'll do something outlandish and potentially a little bit dangerous, but you just don't know what he's going to do. And it was good to see him. He wasn't trying to fight around the back. Any ball that came back, he just wellied, which had its own issues because it just comes right back down our throat. He's not very good at finding a man and in a red jersey, whatever color we're wearing. But um, I, I, the positives were, I think that it's good to see the the null, like the fact that we can still do it. I think that we lost the potential to do it. And in both of those matches, last Saturday and then midweek this week, we we, we got it back. Mm-hmm. 
It wasn't 15 weeks, was it? Uh, it was not 15 minutes. <laughs> so, so I do think it's significant that Henderson played in both those games uh, when he didn't play as Villa. So I think that's absolutely huge. Um, but uh, the thing I'll take away from from you know, everything you've said was Adrian the Labrador puppy. I think that's pretty pretty awesome. So, um, on on the note of uh, that's probably going to be the, um, the 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 quote that I'm going to use in the write up when we when we publish this. So, Sean. What do you, I know. You, I know you and I have gone back and forth on uh, WhatsApp uh, quite a lot about the last uh, the, the games before this weekend. What, what's you? Where, where are you now in terms of your perspective? Uh, I think um, I don't know. The first thing that stands out this week to me is what, like what a hero Fabinho has been. Uh-huh. Uh, he, I, I think he he basically saved us the points against Ajax uh, with his performance. Um, and I think he, he performed pretty well yesterday, although I, I, I thought he looked a little tired by the end of the game. Um, and I thought we missed him in the midfield a little bit. Um, I thought we played, you know, well enough yesterday. We had, you know, that garbage penalty that they, that they gave. But um, where, where I noticed the difference wasn't really – it was in the air. You know, I think we're weaker at center back, obviously, without Virgil or Matt up in the, in the team. Um, but it's not even the first ball that we're getting hurt on. It's the second ball. It's it's when when the, the opposing team wins that first ball, we need we need to you know kind of get used to again I guess uh, cleaning up that second ball um, so that they don't get chances there. But uh, you know overall I think you know the Everton game was a disaster, but um, I think you know coming back like we did in the next two games was was great to see and um, coming back after that horrendous penalty call yesterday I think showed a lot of character too and um you know it's great to have Allison back I think that'll make a huge difference and he did make a couple very big saves yesterday that I'm I'm not sure Adrian would have saved um so you know I I think it's going to be it's it's going to be a tough road ahead without Van Dyke I think over the course of the year but um a lot of the other clubs are not looking great either and I think Ben made a great point with injuries I think a lot of clubs are going to are going to run into issues with injuries, especially when some of these clubs that aren't playing in Europe start playing two games a week. Um, they don't have the squad that we have. And uh, I'd look for, you know, basically all of the top six to start making up some points when that, when that happens in December. So, um, you know, I think overall positive, but it's, it's going to make it a lot harder without Van Dyke, obviously. Well, it's going to be different. It's going to be different. Uh, and a, c- a couple of things to say. I, I, I have a slightly different perspective, actually, on Allison because I don't know that Arjun would have not made those saves. I think the issue with him more was how many times did Allison come and get the ball or punch the ball away, whereas yeah. Adrian probably would have been on his line. Uh, and uh, the the Alfred Rapp's review show today went into some depth about like why didn't Sheffield United change their game plan because they kept trying to put it underneath the bar and it's like that wasn't the ball that it would have been had Adrian been playing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So there was a, there was a, a stack running around, um, you know, social media, but it was, it was interesting that they were showing uh, the, the number of shots to the corner uh, that Adrian faces versus Allison. And it's not surprising. He's a backup keeper, but the percentage is, is much, much lower. Um, so, uh, you know, I think that that was, one of the differences besides, you know, the fact that he's not as good on the ball. I mean, Allison's arguably the best keeper in the world. So 
it's just like losing Van Dyke. You're going to drop off a level, but uh, you know, it's, it, it's reassuring to have, to have him back. That's for sure. So, so, so Charlie Everton, Ajax. I'm sure I'm saying that wrong as well. I, I, I get uh, chastised about the way I say Matt Teep's name. Used to, uh, anyway. Uh, it's Joel from now. Joel, yeah. Let's just settle with Joel. Every everyone can agree on Joel. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, uh, Everton. Frustrating that we dominated that game, played so well, really deserved to blow them out of the water and, and to have it taken away by, you know, no need to say any more about that. Uh, just good to see the guys step up. Good to see Joe Gomez take this opportunity on the left and really has looked very good. Um, this last game he played very, very well. Um, you know, and Fab, of course, stepping in, you know, which you know I knew he was capable of. Um, you know, some it's going to be a bit of a learning curve. That <clears throat> penalty yesterday, you know, I think it was ridiculous, but it wasn't. It is absolutely not a penalty, as everyone I think is saying. It, it was a rash challenge. He shouldn't have made that. You, and anyway, anyway, he'll learn. Um, it was great to get the three points from Ajax away. I mean, that's the toughest game of the pool to get those three points. Even though you know, maybe. A draw would have been a fair result given uh, given everything. Um, so that's good. Another three in Michi land would be excellent. I, I'd like to see that. And that would really set us up well to, to be able to kind of, you know, not necessarily throw the squad that we would at some of these, you know, the last three group stage games. Uh, so that's good. And, you know, good effort against Sheffield, just trying to figure it out, not necessarily playing our best, um, but playing very well and, and adjusting to a 4-2-3-1 given Fab wasn't able to be a part of that midfield probably hurt a bit so Hendo and Jeannie have some figuring out to do there or it'd be nice if Matip might be able to play centre-back alongside Jogo and that would possibly free up Fab for a part of that double pivot maybe with Tiago. but the question is how much do you want to play Fab? Really, you know, would you want to rest him and keep him as your, you know, your your rotating, you know, centre back, or do you want to put him where you need him on the given day? Uh, yeah. So look, I'm I'm trying not to get too trying to I guess dig myself out of the depression of losing Virgil for the whole season, um, but uh, just keep him positive. We look good. Everton got beaten today, and I'm enjoying every Ed Everton defeat uh, now almost as much as our wins and uh, the best punishment for, uh, for Everton could have been to force them to play Pickford in net. And that proved true today. Certainly one of those saves was a, you know, Pickford making it look like a, a world-class shot. Uh, so yeah. Hey, interesting week, interesting week, but one of, those, one of those run around those stats, those trifling stats, if you will, one of those stats that seems to run around, Sean, as you were saying, yeah. was that apparently uh, Calvert-Lewin had five passes, successful passes, over the course of 90 minutes. They were absolutely abject today. Yep. You can't yep. even say it was because Thomas wasn't playing. I know you can say, oh, he was 
obviously it was that career-ending tackle that he took against us. We seem to be at the we seem to be at the center of every of every Everton issue. Like Ancelotti had a go at us today, saying it was because because of what happened. The rumors, if I'm reading this, this quote correctly, said those rumors around Pickford and and Richarlison. Like you can protect your players, mate, but that's like yep. you're protecting them in a different plane of existence there because that's not on earth. I'm surprised yeah. it's taken us this long to get to uh, Ancelotti. Actually, given I, I, I wrote down one quote that I, he, after today's game, which was, uh, "I'll let this sink in." To lose a player like Dina for three games is not fair. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, anybody that hasn't seen that tackle, by the way, should go look at it. It wasn't even a tackle; it was just a foul. He didn't even make an attempt at the ball. And for any analyst or even Ancelotti to say that wasn't, you know, worth a card is ridiculous. He just stamped on the back of the player's leg, running full speed. Well, Gary Lineker came straight to the. Well, it doesn't surprise me. He's an ex-toffee, but he came straight to the. Like, well, you get a foul now for running. The big giveaway was this. Yes. Yeah. Right before he stomped on him. For those of you listening, Daz had his arms in the air. Just. To... <laughs> he just don't care. <laughs> yeah. Come on, who listens anymore? It's twenty twenty. God, I can't wait for this. Oh, you'd, you'd be Still? surprised. Oh. We um, we're about fifty fifty now, actually. Just as a side note, it's about like views versus like listens. So, oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's not the type of challenge that Pickford wants. Fifty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that might beat the Labrador puppy. Um, yeah. I, I lost I, I lost a, a lot of respect for Ancelotti this week with some of the things he said. I mean, I, I he's somebody that I've always I don't know kind of held, held highly, even when he was Chelsea manager, but. I mean, some of the stuff he said over the last week is just ridiculous. The James Rodriguez thing, and yeah, yeah. Did, like, you, did you see that challenge? It was a, it was a body into the side. The worst thing that came of it was, he was grabbing his uh, nether regions. No, I. So I mentioned this to to Paul earlier. The play he got hurt on was when he tried to injure one of our players at the end of the game. It wasn't when Virgil Van Dyke. Oh, is that right? Yeah. That's if you watch the game when he was rolling around on the ground and all that crap, that's when he got injured. It was Fabinho. I'm trying to say it's when Van Dyke hit, like, you know, it was just ridiculous. You know, it was, a Fabinho, it was a Fabinho challenge towards the end of the game. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Spent a lot of anger here about uh, Everton. Ben, you need to bring us back with a cool vibes about I can live with it. Well, let's talk about specifically about yesterday's game. We went with a 4 2 3 1, um, which we've talked about probably more than they've actually played it. Um, what, what, what was your take on the performance yesterday? Um, I had two observations about the performance yesterday. I wasn't sure that everybody knew what formation they were in. It seemed more like a, I got to think how this would go, a 4-1-4 sometimes. Is that a rough right? Or a 4-2-4 that with their, Jota was up, up with Vermino and – you could see, especially in the first half, Robbo's going down the left, gets it to Mane, and if there's someone between the two of them, it's going nowhere, where usually you'd have Wijnaldum over there as an outlet for that pass. And because it wasn't clear, you know, is Firmino playing in the 10? Is he supposed to come over and be an option for that? And that seemed pretty unclear in the first half. Now, I mean, I talk about this like I could go out and even, you know, kick the ball correctly, but uh, just my observation sitting and drinking beer. The the bigger and more positive one, if you need me to be positive again for the on behalf of the group, is it would have been real easy 
for them to have rolled over after getting the penalty after the VAR BS of mm-hmm. the previous week and said, well, it's just not going to work for us. And I think especially it would have been easy to, without 55,000 supporters there. And um, I don't think that we can ever really capture how tough it is for them to play when they're used to having those supporters and great supporters. I mean, I don't, I think I can say that objectively that, you know, for instance, the, I think the Liverpool supporters help the club a lot more than say the Everton supporters help. Right. I mean, I think uh, Everton gets a big boost for them not having fans there. And so it could have been real easy for them to uh, have rolled over and said, Oh, we're getting screwed over by VAR. We're doing this new formation. It's not quite working the first half. Um, but they didn't. And I think that speaks to, you know, as the the boss says, they're mentality monsters, right? And they're going to have to be and do it on their own without the fans there, without the cops sucking in a goal um, as they do. And so that bodes well for me, too, that they are able to do those things and to do it on their own, basically, uh, to bring it together on their own, do it themselves. Yeah. And the other thing I want to say, if you want to talk about stats is that we are currently uh, getting 2.167 points per game, uh, which would have won us the league last year at 82 points. We would have won by one point. But at the pace we're on right now, we would have won the league last year. So if you think that maybe Man City isn't going to play as well, or Chelsea, Arsenal, Leicester, I don't even know who is in the in the rest. I mean – it's going pretty well, all things considered. Wow, L- loved all of that. It's, in- it's interesting, actually, the thing at the end of yesterday's game um, that I thought was interesting was with the Hendo interview. Um, I-, I have the shirts up there just to make a mental note of what I what I wanted to mention. But he talked about um, in the in the in the locker room. Um, well, he didn't say locker room, obviously, but um, our audience might look at it that way. He talked about the hunger, resilience, and character of the players. Um, and, and it did feel there was almost something kind of different about yesterday compared with the other games. I think Neil Atkinson said today on the Anfield Wrap, it was almost like the first real game of the season mm-hmm. where there wasn't something else going on. Um, so, Daz, yesterday. Uh, I can. I thought about this, I reflected, because I saw the, the fact that we were probably going to roll out a 4-2-3-1 against Sheffield, and I thought, we're going to clobber these. And then upon reflection, I thought to myself, this Sheffield United, a wounded Sheffield United, was probably the worst team that we could have come to Anfield after a grueling midweek game. And I think what you're going to see is this type of, this type of, of game plan unfolded, unfolded against us at home quite frequently moving forward. Uh, big man up front. You notice they they had two guys up front. They 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 sacrificed in the midfield. To, to, and McBurney's incredible at this. He's a big. He's he's yeah. an old English style or UK style number nine. He's an outlet ball. He, he's big enough to to win to win the the ball in the air. He can hold it up, and that's what they did. They just they beat our press. This most of it was well, not most of it, but quite any time that they they were under pressure, it went over the top and. I think someone mentioned it earlier, a lot of those second balls were falling directly to them. It was maddening to watch because if we had have played against someone that wanted to play football against us, I think that we would have been way more in control of that match. 
um, not to say that they didn't play they didn't play football, but they were they were more willing to to to, to go down Route One than quite a few other teams that, that like to come and try and counter punch. And you could say in the first thirty five minutes they had the lion's share of 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 goal scoring chances outside of the, the obviously contentious decision to give them a, a, a give them a, a penalty in, in the first what was that seventeen minutes of the match. I think that they, they, I think that, and again, this, this may not play well with listeners, but I think that they had a legitimate shot at two more, at two more penalties. The one against Robbo's arm and the cross, seeing those given. There's mm-hmm. one where Jota pulled Berger, Berger down, I think it was, was it? Um, that, that was, yeah. I've seen those given too. So I think it might have been a bit of double jeopardy, which worked in our, in our favor. Um, I think either one of those could have been given had the, our, the, the original one not been given. But I think you'll probably find a lot of teams now that will employ that. Uh, and I think, uh, speaking of the rap, I think that uh, that Sean Rogers used to say this a lot. It's like, why not? It's almost a free hit against us. No one's expecting to get much against us at Anfield. Why not put two, sacrifice someone in the midfield, put two men up top and see what you can get? And against uh, two, uh, 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 it's not necessarily a neophyte, but he's new at it. And Fabinho, why not put someone on him? at all times and make it difficult for him. Yeah. And one of the most damning stats was six of, uh, uh, Joe Gomez only won six of 13 of his aerial duels. Yeah. So, and they were definitely getting a lot of joy from knockdown balls um, going, going, going straight up route one. It was, it was lovely to see, to, to, to see uh, Ellison back in net. Uh, was, that was, you could see that it just calmed things down a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of that four, two, three, one, I don't think that we quite pulled it off. I think that was uh, Jota was was the one that always seemed to be like the odd man out. He always seemed to be where he didn't need to be, or he wasn't where he was needed. Yeah. And he got the goal, which was nice. But I think that he was he was a little bit out of sorts. He was kind of between two stools. <laughs> and I, I think he's a, a magnificent acquisition for us. And I said this as soon as we got him. I said he's going to bang them in for fun for us. What's he got two now, mm-hmm. and in the league against Arsenal, and then and yeah. this one yesterday. Yeah. First place yeah. in Pane, I think, to score on his first two games at Anfield. Mm-hmm. That's right. 2015, yeah. I think, is what it was. Yeah. But um, it was it was a grueling game to watch. It wasn't my favorite game I've ever watched. But again, we came out we came out two one. I think on balance, we probably deserved it. Um, I take my hat off to Sheffield. I think that Chris Wilder said, "The hell with it. We're going to go hammer and tongs at this lot," and they did. Mm-hmm. And you can see the difference between having a, a, a week on a training pitch. And not having your guys go away in international duty versus we we looked we looked leggy. I mean, Jota was dead on his feet towards the end of that match. I just I watched him traipse around and he was he was struggling. Yeah, yeah. but um, we won, man. That's that's three points. We're top of the log. Well, yeah. tied top of the log on uh, second on goal difference, and I'll take it all day. Yeah, I did. I did watch it back, and I I didn't I didn't think we were I I. I, I I think it was a better performance in hindsight than it felt at the time. Um, and, and I think a lot of that's influenced by the, the penalty. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also think in the first half, um, Genie and uh, Hendo looked like they weren't quite sure about this 4-2-3-1 thing. Um, and and they, they were the ones that, for me, that actually kind of left Fabinho exposed when they didn't need to. Um, so, so my, I guess my, my, my going forward take is you bring in Thiago and maybe Fabinho play that the two, which they're both experienced in. 
that that's a different that we look much better playing that formation going forward. Well, I think Thiago is going to offer you more going forward, even from if it's a double pivot. I think uh, mm-hmm. going forward, you can see his capacity to be able to pick a pass that just that puts people into space or opens it up. It was very tight in a lot of areas in the midfield. Yeah. And again, I think a lot of that's got to do with like a, a, a really big, hard physical game in the midweek, not having much time to figure out that four, two, three, one. But once you get Thiago in there, I think it'll be a completely different kettle of fish. Yeah, yeah. And that is, of course, after being kicked all over the place last Saturday. Yeah. Uh, um, Sean, um, your take. But I know you shared, you shared a really interesting graphic about expected goals. You can talk about that or not. But I, I, I thought it was significant. Liverpool were top of this list on the unexpected goals, um, which probably says something about the way we've been playing. is perhaps better than the results are showing. Yeah, so the first thing I wanted to say is that, that I've seen that graphic going around and I got to say, like, I've been a little bit critical of Gomez since before the lockdown. I think since the lockdown, because I think Gomez was fantastic most of last year. I think at times he was even better than Van Dyke. And then for me, at least, after the lockdown, he just wasn't quite the same for a while. But I got to say, like, this past week, I think he really stepped up. Um, I, I, he, he looked a lot better to me. Um, and then the statistic yesterday about the headers, 6 of 13, like you said, McBurney. You know, McBurney's going to do that to most center backs. Um, so I, I wouldn't, you know, it's not his, his strongest attribute, but I, I wouldn't take too much from that. Um, in terms of, of the uh, graphic Paul's talking about, it's, it's uh, under stats, like, you know, free website. Anybody can go look at XG stats. Um, but if you look at the expected goals table, we're, we're first in the table. Um, so, you know, and expected goals is it's really like a measure of performance and number of chances you're creating, not actual expected goals. But um, so with that, what it shows is that we're actually creating more chances so far on average than we did last the last two years. Um, it's like two and a half per game um, as opposed to like about two the last two years. So, uh, you know, going forward, we're actually doing better so far this year in terms of creating chances. Um, you know, we got to finish those and, and, you know, there's a lot more to it, but, um, you know, I think in terms of our performances, I think we've been pretty unlucky this year and I, I was going to save this until the end, but I did want to read this by, from Klopp yesterday, the post-match interview, uh, after Sheffield, he said, uh, on the penalty, there was no foul. It's now been six games into the season and three of them, we have been on the wrong side of these kinds of decisions. Uh, we're not asking for an advantage. We just want, we just do not want to be disadvantaged. And this is the current situation. So I, I think uh, you don't even have to read into that. I mean, it, it, like obviously the manager sees it that way. And, um, you know, one goal in a match makes a huge difference. And, and these decisions are swinging matches, at least one goal, if not two. So, uh, you know, you would hope eventually those things would even out. Um you know, I, I think to your point, as I, I think we're going to have to get used to uh, it seems like at least in the last couple of matches, the officials are just letting things go against us. And I, I think maybe we have to get used to that this year and just, you know, buckle down and get a little, get a little bit, a uh, little bit tougher. And, and um, you know, I, it's, we're just going to have to start expecting some of this stuff, I think, unfortunately, um, because they're just letting it go, it seems. So, uh, you know, it's you know again, it's going to be a tough road, but um, on the four-two-three-one, I, I agree. I, I, so I thought the game yesterday. I thought I thought we really dominated the first fifteen minutes or so, and then they got the penalty and we fell off for a little bit. 
mm-hmm. for maybe 15 minutes or so. And then I thought we got it back. And um, I think second half, that two, Ginny and, and Hendo, um, it, at least from what I could tell, it seemed like they weren't pushing forward quite as much. And we were doing a better job sort of eliminating that gap between the midfield and the center backs. So, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a new formation and there's going to be some learning curve there. So, uh, and I agree, like if you put Fabino or Tiago, um, maybe even Nabi, I don't know. I mean, we haven't seen Nabi in that role for us yet, but I know he's played it in the past. Um, I think the two might work better, um, but we'll see. You know, it's kind of exciting to see the potential with those four attacking players, but the two has to work in order for the, the four to work. So uh, I think the first half anyway yesterday that wasn't quite there. And I think you're right that, that it got disrupted by like the penalty that they probably all thought wasn't a penalty. So um, just to complete this then, Charlie, I know you already commented on uh, yesterday's game, but any, any kind of final thoughts on uh, the Sheffield United um, experience? I, one thing that really hit home with, uh, from what Sean said is we have to start expecting to get the raw end of the stick with these decisions. And, and I've decided that for the last, you know, since since Everton. It's just, you know what, every time you see something that could go against us, it's going to go against us. And so prepare yourself and then don't get too perturbed uh, when, you know, you're right. So uh, that's ex- literally every, every decision against Sheffield. You know, as soon as they started reviewing that Fabinho attack, I'm like, this is going to be a penalty. I figured that Robbo's handball would have been a penalty. And every time that something's going to be called back you know, to, to our disadvantage or made to happen to our disadvantage, I'm expecting the worst. So it's, it's a terrible way to have to live, uh, live life, but it helps you, uh, helps you deal with it when you get that. It, um, it would four, have helped. Four, two, three, one. Sorry? I said it would have helped. I was with uh, cr- uh, like a small group of people outside on the street yesterday at uh, Catherine Rooney's. Yeah, I don't think there was much of that moderated thinking going on. <laughs> I, I have to do it. Uh, you know, it's honestly, it's it's the yeah. only thing that can save me from just tearing my hair out. What little of it I have left. Yeah. Uh, but as far as the four-two-three-one goes, you know, I guess it was difficult it's a difficult situation to, to be putting that in given the changes at the back, but Jeannie and, and Endo, you know, obviously at, at first, I think there were some difficulties, you know, a sacrifice of, of humans in the middle of the field means that there's, you know, more space to cover and you want to make sure you cover it well without leaving your, you know, less, uh, you know, solid uh, center backs hung out to dry so there was you know some getting used to that but i don't think the forwards helped very much either it's similar to what sean said in that it was they were a little bit all over the place um and i don't know that there maybe needed to be a little more structure and that's not not what we expect to see from the forwards but uh, maybe needed to be a little more structure and a little bit more filling that gap so that the the double pivot had didn't have to fill all that that space it'd be interesting going forward seeing if, if you do have a double pivot, you'd have one a la maybe Fabinho and Henderson, I guess, who are adept at, at being that holding 
midfielder and one who's ready to go forward like Tiago and, and Keita maybe um, what where Genie fits in there I don't know but uh, so it's going to be a lot of uh, work on that um, yeah uh, looking forward to seeing what what they do but just to grind out a win and to feel the guys out for that really first half and just figure out what they needed to do to to make inroads against that five at the back that Sheffield was sitting with mm-hmm. yeah and I if I could just interject it would be neat if you kept the statistic on your show this year about how many different formations we see and how many different uh, iterations of the starting 11, because against West Ham, it could be, uh, I don't know. I mean, it could be something totally different. We could see Minamino and Firmino up up top or Minamino and Salah up top, or um, there's just a lot of different ways that it can be done. And I think that the formation is going to take, well, it'll have to take, you know, a backseat to who's available on any given day for any given match. Yeah, that's a really interesting point. Because after the next international break, the next international break is is not until almost April. And during that period of time, we're basically playing two games a week almost every single week. So we're going to have to rotate. Um, so that'll be interesting. That, that could be something kind of fun to keep track of. Yeah. Yeah. So there is one issue, I think, with the because because the all, all these formations, the way we play them, are supposed to give you this fluidity, right? But I think the downside of fluidity is, I think we've already talked about it. Like I thought you were supposed to be there, and yeah. there's a big gap now. And I, th- I don't think Robertson and Mane linked up as well yesterday as as they have done in the previous games because of that change in formation. Um, one other thing I want to say about the formation, I was kind of surprised. I guess I shouldn't be that surprised, but I, I, I think it might have worked better if Mane played on the right and Jota on the left. Because I, was, I think when Jota's played before, he's, he's linked pretty well with Robertson. They seem to, to have a um, you know, good understanding of each other right away. And Mane's played on the right. He's a two-footed player. I don't think it would have been that difficult for him to, to make the switch. So I, yeah. I would have liked to have seen it back if we had done that instead. But Interesting thought, yeah. So I guess that gives us an opportunity then to look ahead. Um, we've got Michelin. Hope that's the right pronunciation. And West Ham, which I think is going to be a difficult because it was on on Sean's uh, the 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 thing he shared with us. West Ham are like third or fourth in terms of expected goals this season, which is just kind of weird. David Moyes, West Ham. Anyway, so looking ahead to this week, um, what what are your expectations? What what do you think might might happen? Ben, let's let's start with you. I think the one thing that we probably could count on is using all five substitutions in Denmark. Is that where we're going, Denmark? Or home, I think, against them. Right. They're a Danish team, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that if there's any certainty, there's certainty in that. Um, I guess maybe I should have saved my interjection for this, is that who knows formation, who knows which 11 – Maybe we see um, maybe we see one of the young center backs play. Um, that that could be. I mean, we could not cannot lose Fabinho due to a fatigue related injury. Um, and I mean, it is pretty sacrilege. Or you know, you you'd be kicking yourself at the end if you drop points at home in the Champions League when you rotate the squad in the Champions League. But on the it's it's a different. Uh, 
it's a different game this season. Diff- and, and I think that there's going to be significant rotation. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, in particular, Firmino uh, gets a big rest. He scored a goal. There's less of a concern about it being a ding on his um, sort of uh, psychological character, right? You can say you got your goal, you're moving in the right direction, but you, my friend, need to sit down for a little while. Um, I think that is, that's what I see going forward. And I think that, I think probably if I were to reserve my players for one of the matches, I would probably go with West Ham. I think I would rotate more midweek and save the big guns for the weekend. The one other thing I wanted to bring up is that I don't know how often Daz is on the, on this show, but if your listeners have not developed a drinking game yet, it definitely should be how many anglicisms he uses. I didn't write them down, but I got kettle of fish, hammer and tongs. (laughs) And then when I'm on, I can throw in some, uh, some Iowa isms too. Like, uh, Today, Everton looked uglier than a mud fence, you know? So take a <laughs> shot every time Ben has an Iowaism. There you go. Uglier than a mud fence. Love it. Yes. Yes. Long may that continue. Um, what so, oh, was so, the one uglier than a camel's ass chewing a biscuit? That one <laughs> machine? That's vivid. That, that, that paints a very clear picture in the mind. <laughs> so hopefully that's a description of uh, some other team. Um, does what, what are you looking forward to this week uh i was just gonna kind of piggyback on what ben was saying about the um how much rotation we can expect mm-hmm. and again i'll go back because I, I like sean rogers as, as a pundit and obviously being a coach you get you get some of the insights that he has too and i don't think it's i know he's not on the level of of a clock but he definitely he knows he knows his business yeah and the one concern that you would have is if it's against a, uh, an opponent where guys can pad their stats, you're not going to be able to keep a Mo Salah on the bench or a, or a Mane on the bench. They're going to want to bang two or three in, looking for that golden boot, looking for the. I don't think it's I don't think it's money for these guys anymore because they make enough of it, but it's it's the prestige to be able to say that they got the golden boots in, in, in the Champions League, that kind of stuff. So he's going to have to balance that with the fact that he is going to need to, to give these guys some rest. So I think you'll probably see more of the same with the five. Again, what Ben was saying, you definitely have the five subs, but you'll probably give his big guns the first 50 or 60 minutes. And then, then once, once everything is assured, you'll probably bring the, the, the other five on the, the change, the front three, um, maybe, maybe pull someone, man, two of his midfielders off, but, uh, um, I wouldn't mind seeing Andy Robbo get a break. He's run his bollocks off the last the last three matches. He's, and I think I tweeted something to this effect: like they they need to bottle what he has and give it to some give it to the rest of the squad because it's just yeah. he's he's incredible he's incredible what he offers. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing a Jimmy Milner back there, or if uh, Chimikas. I don't know if where, where he's at in terms of his of his fitness, but it might be a good match for him. Um, maybe a Williams in the right the right back position. But in terms of the big guns, I think you'll probably roll out uh the, the front the regular front three just to give them just to give them the chance to, to pad their stats. And um I'd I again it's like it's tough to say because I remember we thought we were gonna go to Belgrade and, and stomp the ever loving business out of 
yep. out of them. And that didn't really go according to plan either. Uh, we are a really mixed bag in, in, in the Champions League and we have been under Klopp. We obviously, we've made it to two finals, won one of them. So we've done something right, but you never really know what you're going to get. Mm. Like, for, like Forrest Gump's box of chocolates, I guess, is what would be the best way to describe what we were like in yeah. the Champions League. Yeah. Um, uh, against West Ham, <laughs> I really, really dislike West Ham intensely. Uh, and probably because I went to Anfield and watched one of the most boring games of football I've ever seen. It was a 0-0. That's when Luis Suarez was in and we were just... I forget who their goalkeeper was, but I counted every time the ball went out of play, it took him 38 seconds to kick the ball back in, just spoiling football. Yeah. And I, that, that just, I, I wasn't a big fan of them before, but that just cemented it. I'd really like us to see, to see us stomp the six shades of brown stuff out of them, but I don't think it's going to happen. It'll, again, it'll be, it's going to be a, a grueling match and, and Tony up top is, is dangerous. And uh, the yeah. fact that we have two center backs right now that, that kind of play to his strengths, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't bang one in. So yeah. I think it'll be a, a tighter affair than, I think we'll get the three points, but I think it's going to be a lot tighter of affair than, than, than we'd like. So West Ham, there is some consolation in not liking them because I think some of their fans wanted them to get relegated last season because they don't like the owners that much. Uh, the Dildo brothers? Uh, yes, those those yeah. guys. That's yeah. what they call them. Yeah, right, right. They are yes, they are they are not. I, I, so I don't know how much the beginning of the season has changed anyone's opinion, but um, generally the fans are not fans of the owners. Um, the West Ham could be challenging, um, but Antonio I don't think is as good in the air as say McBurney. So I think that may make a difference about you know kind of who Liverpool pick. The one he's, thing we have about is he's physical, he's powerful, he likes to go, he likes to go at people. So right. it's, it's you will bang and grind. Yeah. So so I think the, I think if he was good in the air though, the Matip's numbers suggest that he, if he's fit, he's a better person to play. In fact, I don't know if you anyone saw the Athletic article this week uh, about Liverpool's possible centre half signings if you know if they sign someone. But it was incredible to read that Matip has better numbers on the heading than Van Dijk. Mm -hmm. um, um, and what that leads to is there is no second ball from like when Gomez or Fabinho are defending. Uh, wow. Okay. Next week, Sean. I'm hoping for two wins. I, I think we really need the win against Mithilan, um, you know, to win the group. Uh, we don't need it, but uh, it would be, it would be pretty, pretty bad. I think if we didn't get the three points against them, um, but I also think we probably will rotate against them given who we played yesterday. So um, I'm probably more concerned about that one than I, than I should be. But I think it's to Daz's point um, where, you know, the Champions League, you just can't take anything for granted. All, all these clubs are, are, you know, are good um, in order to get there. I think Midtjylland had, had to win a few games just to even get to the group stage. So um you know, I hope we don't take them for granted because um, I don't know much about them, but uh, just from past experience, those kinds of clubs sometimes sneak up on you. Um, and um, I guess I'm feeling relatively calm about West Ham because I'm hoping to get Tiago back. And I think if we have Tiago in our midfield, um, from the little I've seen West Ham this, this year, um, what's, what's improved for them, to me at least, is that their midfield is functioning a lot better. A lot of it's taken Mark Noble out of the midfield, which probably help anybody because he's just been worthless for years. 
but um, it's it's allowed Declan Rice, I think, to to sort of step up and kind of take control of that mid, midfield. And um, I don't think they'll have the ability to do that. And I, I think if if Tiago is allowed to control that game, I don't think West Ham has beaten us or uh, getting anything off of us. So you know, that's that's I'm kind of hopeful for that. But I think if Tiago plays in that game, we'll be all right. I like the sound of that, Michelin by the way, are the only team in Europe who have a better percentage of success from throw-ins than we do. Which may seem an insignificant stat, but they're obsessed by stats in a way that maybe only we are. Isn't uh, our throw-in coach, doesn't he work with yeah. like Atlanta and Michelin or something like that? Ajax. You stole my punchline. You stole my punchline. Yes, he worked with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing I was going to throw in there is I, I think I, I'm most concerned about Atalanta and our group. I think those those games against them are going to be really exciting, but um, you know that'll be following week. So. Yeah. So so I did I did read that someone said our group is like for soccer hipsters. Um, yeah. Yeah. Atlanta is the Ajax and yeah. <laughs> Michelin because because of like the the stat stuff and the pressing yeah. and yep. history. So tattoos and neck beards. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> tattoos and neck beards. <laughs> <laughs> That beats uh, the Labrador puppies. Yeah, um, Charlie. Last thoughts on uh, next next week. Uh, I think he'll rotate heavily for Mitchelland, and I think we'll come out with a win. Um, you know, have your big guns on the bench ready to to go on late if we need to get a result. But I think it's not going to be too much trouble. You know, just given the resilience and the fact that we can rotate heavily and still play a very solid game. Uh, we're at home, so that's good. Um, I, yeah, I, I think we'll see very, fairly full strength against West Ham. Matip and um, Tiago. not that I think Tiago is fragile. They kind of worry me against West Ham. I, I feel like we want more of a robust <laughs> lineup who can, uh, you know, hit them back. So, yeah, hey, yeah, I want to see two wins. And then I want to see, um, you know, at least a point against Atalanta and then uh, finish up uh, with a win at Man City before the break. Hey, you're stealing our thunder on the uh, next episode. Um, so, so we're recording this on October 25th. We'll be back next week where we'll preview Atalanta and Man City. Who, who seems to no? I won't, won't even go there. We'll talk about Man City next week. So let's close. Thank you so much. Go on. Go on. <laughs> they haven't looked good, have they? Really, City. Toothless. Yeah. So, so Sean Rogers today used the expression which I've seen retweeted in a few different places, saying that you know, are you prepared to burn the boats? And he's like, not convinced that City have the mindset to be like. You know, we're going to do everything we can to win this game. It's, uh, it's, you know, that they've been not happy to settle for draws, but not been so committed to winning that they've kind of gone for it in a really kind of the kind of way that we might. Almost as bad as us with injuries, right? Laporte's out, Aguero re-injured. Yep. Yeah. It's really it's hard to watch. Yeah. Did he injure his shoulder petting the female linesman on the on the neck there? <laughs> Yeah, nothing wrong with that, right? And um, like, yeah, every profession, ex-professional said. Just of course, it's that. No, that's not brainless. Just, just brainless. Yeah. Hey, it's kind of like 
you know, the chants we hear on the plane after they win, you know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, it's so much of that, that club lacks class. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that uh, just if you really want to hammer some of that home, it's, I forget exactly what De Bruyne has said, but it was something to the effect of is I think that he's, that, that Pep has kind of lost the ability to get the best out of his, out of his club. And I think a lot of it comes down to their limited success in the Champions League. Like they just don't, they don't seem to have the same type of invincibility around them that they had before. And you can see like, I don't think that boat burning is in their, is in their collective DNA because for the most part, they're a fairly expensively assembled group of mercenaries. And you're not going to get them to cut their own throats, so to speak, to, to give it their all for, for that club. Because they're looking, Raheem Sterling's already battered his eyelashes. Again, like you can say that he hasn't or that he has, but given his, his track record with us and then with, was, it, was he with Palace before that? When he came, before he came to us, they said the same thing. It's wherever he was before, from from the same thing. Like it's, he's always looking for what's next for him. And again, he's a professional, so you can't hold. But the, the way that he's gone about it, and mm-hmm. like it or not, he's, he's he's definitely put himself in a position where he's he, he can take a lot of stick. And then his miss yesterday when he was through on goal is kind of icing on the cake. Is <laughs> but it's it. okay. They're gonna get messy, and that'll solve everything. <laughs> That's a whole show on its own. So, so I think the bonus coverage this week was we had a. You know, take down a Man City. Hopefully that'll pan out when we play them because I'm sure they'll be much more motivated to play us than West Ham or any of these other teams. We're going to close it this week with one thing from this week that you uh, you you saw about potentially about the Reds. Could be about anybody else that kind of links to us. Um, quickly going to go around and Ben, what's one thing this week um, that you saw that you'd want to share? Well, mine is pretty weird but I am married to a woman from Colombia and there are lots of Colombian connections around Liverpool the city uh, and the club Uh, there are two Colombians playing for Everton right now which means that I sort of live in a house divided Um, nothing nothing put on the walls Um, haven't really what rubbed anybody's nose and crap about the result today yet but the day is young um, <laughs> Alfredo Morelos with Steven Gerrard at uh, Rangers. Uh, when we play out to Atlanta, they have a long history of having Colombian players, and I think Luis Muriel at least is one of the players we'll see. Mm-hmm. And so, um, kind of an out of the way country that uh, we may not think about as having a lot of players in Europe, but uh, uh, as we go through this year, we'll see more and more of them. Yeah, unfortunately. My, my son's uh, soccer coach is from Colombia. And uh, first, when I showed up in my Liverpool shirt at one of the games, he's like, oh, Everton, we're, we're rivals of yours. And I don't think you're rivals of ours. I think you're... <laughs> anyway, he didn't understand, actually. That was, it was, was, I thought it was hugely funny, and he did not. Um, so, that's one thing. Uh, I think this is going to be a, a wonderful league, league year. Uh, whether or not it's because of COVID or whatever the the, uh, the the reasoning behind it is, I think that this this will probably be one of the most fun league campaigns to watch in in, in recent memory. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think ninety six points is going to win it. I'd be surprised if actually we do get to ninety. If anyone gets to ninety points this season, it just feels because there is that lack of crowd or there's that lack of whatever's going on that the energy levels seem to be 
a little bit different from players. They seem to be lacking that 5% to Ben's point when the, the goal is being sucked into the cop by, by the cop rather. Uh, but I just, I don't know, like I've, I've really enjoyed watching some of the, some of the matches that I would ordinarily have had zero interest in watching specifically the Leeds match yesterday. I thought was, was wonderful. Like it was just seemed like it could, there's, 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 there's a lot of room for drama this year, I think is the best way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it does seem that it's, it's really hard to alter the course of games in a way that with crowds that you probably once could, which I think is what makes yesterday's win for us so significant in that that game could easily have gone away and didn't. I think last weekend, if it had been 2-1 and they had had their crowd in their gaff, we would have won it. We would have seen it out at 2-1. Because they'd been groaning about all sorts of things. Yeah, They would have been on their backs about absolutely yeah. everything. Yeah. Sure. One thing you take away from this week. Uh, I was uh, happy to see uh, Reese Williams get a couple minutes in the Champions League. Um, I, I don't know if you can read too much into it, but I was really keeping tabs on who would be that um, second choice, or I guess it would be third or fourth choice uh, center back uh, for us in that game against Ajax. And it was Reese Williams. And, and not only was it, did he make the bench, but Klopp chose to sub him in at the end of the match. So you can read, maybe I'm reading into it too much, but to me that says, uh, he, he might be the, the next one up if, if we need somebody. And um, from what I read uh, today, I think it was, he, he scored on the under, in the under-23 match. Yeah. Um, so, you know, hopefully we see uh, more of him and, and he continues to improve. But uh, there was a story I read that, you know, it was kind of a big uh, step up. I think last year he was on loan in a um, League One for a League, league One club. And then he, he got some – What's that? It was non-league. Yeah. So, and and then he and then he gets uh, you know, play whatever it was five ten minutes in the Champions League. So that's 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 pretty cool. Yeah, it's interesting that he played this weekend for the under twenty threes and yeah. Matt was on the bench. Does suggest that they need they wants to give him game time for some reason. So yeah, like Joel style with a Virgil hairdo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's an interesting player to to watch too. Obviously, if this was his hair, but um. And I, I think, you know, I haven't looked at the stats or anything, but it seems like he's good in the air. I assume that's why Club put him in – or Klopp put him in uh, towards the end of the game because he likes to do that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, we could use up there too. So, Charlie, to close, one last thing. Well, to further to the defense uh, centre-back uh, side of things, did anyone else notice that uh, Nat Phillips has a new squad number? So no. that was that was interesting. He was on the bench yesterday um, as our um, you know potential uh, you know backup centre back. So uh, you know Nat Phillips might also uh, have something to say about this, and I, I wouldn't be surprised to see one or the other of those line up uh, to start uh, on Wednesday on Tuesday. Tuesday. What what is the number? I I, I don't know. It, okay, it's fine. significant. It was. It was significantly lower than his last number to strike me. Okay. No, it was 20-something. 20, 20 yeah. yeah. Well, interesting. Hey, yeah. pretty good, pretty good. One, one thing I'll close with is, uh, this has been doing it the rounds, Liverpool apparently have scored 9,999 goals in their history. So the next goal we score will be the 10,000th. Wow. Who do you want it to be? 
oh, that could take us another 25 minutes to discuss. <laughs> <laughs> I want it to be Mo, and I'm going to leave yes. it there. Paul wants it to be Mo. Yeah. <laughs> we all know that. All right. Good afternoon. Thank, thanks so much, Ben. Thank you so much, Daz, Sean, Charlie. It's been awesome. Thank you. Take Cheers. care.